Well, let's we try. Got, we got like a week till Christmas. Let's try. We'll try, folks. We'll try. We'll see if we can get some little Santa hats that we can attach to their heads. Oh, Ethan. You realize they're not going to stay on. They're going to just immediately attack maybe, them and pull them Maybe off. we can just talk. Red 11 Media, there's all of our media work, guys. Editing the videos together for us, doing all, all of the fun stuff. Maybe we could get them to just like CGI some hats on there. Put them on in post. Santa hats. On yeah, puppies. with the puppies that don't stop moving. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that they'd love that. All right. Well, this is uh, a big welcome to everybody that's here this evening to watch and listen to this week's Yawa. We thought we'd take a slightly different approach. We've got this litter of puppies that needs some time to play, interact, and have fun, and we figured there would be, I don't know, maybe one or two of you that might enjoy watching that. So, without further ado, you are looking at the Quest Hatch Puppies, seven weeks old today. Heck yeah, they are. Heck yeah, they are. And you don't have to stare at Ethan's ugly mug the whole time. Come on now. Hopefully I don't get distracted watching the puppies play and forget to read questions. Oh, absolutely. Huge distraction. Huge <laughs> distraction. So uh, for those of you here that are bebopping in this way, we've got some folks rolling in on the gram as well. I just started an Instagram live here. Um, I want to say to y'all, first of all, hello. If you want to see what exactly is going on, you're going to be able to hear me a little bit here, but... The big deal is you got to jump over to the YouTube so you can see this, folks. We've got this whole mess set up here. And um, you'll be able to hear a little bit of what's going on. But ultimately, you guys need to jump over onto YouTube so that you can watch that you can watch the puppies play while we answer questions. Now... Uh, there's a couple different things that we like to do here. For for those of you, uh, it's uh, bourbon of the evening is Colonel Taylor Small Batch. This is one of those little bit harder to find ones, and I thought, what better than uh, a special occasion like tonight to to crack that bad boy open? Here, I'm going to throw this up on YouTube so you can see this too, guys. That is the that is the bourbon of the evening, and right. I'm sipping on some water. Oh. I know. Boring. Oh, mama. Okay, so as you all enjoy gun dog training, gun hog dog. I'm sorry, I can't understand this stuff. So I think that it's awesome that people were waiting for us to start this live YouTube video and Yawa since like 628. That is that is some commitment, <laughs> people. We love it. Um, so sorry, Ethan. The puppies are cuter. These are the 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 grammars. All right. Well, we'll then switch over to YouTube. Bebop off of here. Bye -bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Head over to YouTube. But uh, I wanted to say because S. Predmore on YouTube has been hanging out waiting since six twenty eight, and he asked a question right off awesome. the bat. Do you feed thirty twenty all year to your dogs, or just during hunting season? It's a great question. Yeah, that's a really good question, and um, one that I actually got asked earlier today in an email about what we feed, the formulas, that sort of thing, and it depends on our dogs, their activity level, as well as their body condition. While we're hunting, yes, all of our dogs are on 30-20 during that process. However, 
when we're not hunting, that doesn't necessarily mean all of the dogs come off of 30-20 and go on to 26-16. Yeah. I would say we're probably at about 75% come off of 30-20 and go to 26-16. I mean, it's typically the younger dogs. Now, I want to take a half step back even for So the folks that don't know, um, that are just tuning in, I first want to say, y'all, if you're just finding our YouTube channel or this is your first time to the channel, definitely hit that subscribe button for us. It makes a huge difference for us to be able to continue to grow and put out more content for you guys just like this. Um, But what uh, the question was based around was dog food. And we specifically feed Yukonuba premium performance dog food, and they have several different new formulas out there, one of which is 3028. It's actually not available to the public. It's a professional-only product. Then they have 3020. They have 2616. And then they have the one Sprint is the one that I don't use and we won't use. It's kind of more designed around mm, sprinters, which we pretty much exclusively work with long-distance runners. So, what is 2113. 2113. Watch out. So anyhow, 2616, 3020 is what we bought back and forth between. And like Kat was saying, um, there are some dogs that we go back and forth with. There are some dogs that stay on 3020 year round. And it comes down to metabolism, right? Yes. We always lovingly refer to Muddy as uh, she stays pretty soft <laughs> all oh, year goodness. round. She's an easy keeper. Yeah, she comes so. out of having a litter of puppies looking like a toad. Yeah. She came out of hunting season this year, still carrying a couple extra pounds. Well, guiding season, I guess. She worked hard up there. And usually, uh, well, in the past, I would guess, I would say more historically, we've had issues with dogs struggling to hold a little bit of weight. And... Um, since we've made the switch here now going on almost three years, two and a half years. It's been a while. I almost lost track. Yeah. Two and a half years. So, um, once we made the switch over to, uh, the Yukonuba dog food, we haven't had any issues with dogs holding weight and stuff like that during hunting season. For sure. So Um, hopefully that answered your question and definitely thanks for tuning in for so long waiting on us. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. We've got we've got some questions rolling in here on the gram too. Hey, this one's kind of a fun one, so we can pull questions from everywhere. Okay, we just um, love answering your questions. We love answering questions, guys. And uh, if you are still on Instagram, there's man, there's a lot of people bopped in here on Instagram still. If you're still on Instagram, um, you can jump over to YouTube or pull it up in a separate uh, deal and watch these adorable puppies playing. Yep. Heck yeah. That's the fun stuff that's going on. Not just staring at me. Um, but we got a question here. It says, uh, let's talk shotguns people. Let's talk shotguns. And it's uh, from the last trip. It says talk shotguns, why over and under and what kind? So specifically kind, let's talk about that. Kat and I both shoot Beretta. We pretty much shoot Beretta everything. And I will say, uh, we do not have any affiliations with any gun companies. Um, I know that there are quality guns made by a lot of different companies. I've shot some really nice Berettas. I've shot some really nice Benelli's. I've shot some really nice um, higher dollar guns like, oh, uh, I don't own any of these, so I, I lose it a little bit. What's those if, if if the old Hopkins was on here, he'd know exactly what I'm talking about. He oh, shoots them. What are those called? 
I, it'll come to me. Don't, uh, don't fret. Let me get a little more um, thinking juice here, and then it'll come to me. Um, but we shoot over and unders in training because they are safer. We can break them open, and if you've got to lay it on the ground or you got to do something else to handle the dog, uh, you know 100% the gun's unloaded and you don't have to worry about it. Where any type of automatics, you you got to shuck one out, hope it doesn't cycle the next one. It's just a li- one less thing to worry about. The gun's broke open, it can't go off. Yeah, and it'll, for me, it allows me to have a little more hands-free handling of the dogs when I need it because, yes, I can break it open, I can lay it on the ground, or I can balance it over my shoulder. It sits there really, really nicely. Yep. And then I can still use my transmitter, grab another bird out of the bag, have a dog swing into a heel, grab him by the collar strap, all of the things that I need two hands to be able to do. I can't really do that when I've got a semi-automatic no. shotgun. No. As well as like going through doors. I don't know why, but that's what... <laughs> gets me every time if I don't have my break open and I've got a semi-automatic for whatever reason and I'm trying to I'm trying to finagle the dog a lead and my gun through the door I always bang the barrel on the door frame and if I've got that over under again broken open hanging over my shoulder it's just less cumbersome and less in the way but when we hunt I almost exclusively when I'm hunting um, I almost exclusively shoot a semi-automatic and I don't know. I don't know. It's because he I, I needs like the, at least that third shot. Yeah. Heck yeah, I do. I need that third shot. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, and it, uh, it, let's see, is he in here? Is, uh, we've got, we've got some, I'm just teasing. Um, the third shot is for the third bird. You can get on the, on the <laughs> rise. Boom, boom, boom. Three birds down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In your dreams, buddy. Okay, so the biggest things, though, the difference between safety, and then I enjoy shooting a semi-automatic. Now, I will say if we go down, if I shoot a gentleman's uh, upland game bird, like quail, I pretty much always exclusively shoot an over and under. Uh, I've shot side-by-sides. I prefer prefer the over and under for feel and swing and view and all of the things, so... It's a great These question. puppies are going to town. Oh, man, they are. <laughs> they are. Let's see here. Uh, for those of you that are still confused on Instagram, if you want to look at something better than just this, <laughs> uh, you got to bop over to YouTube. Um, hey, North Country Britneys, they just threw it up there. Caesar Garini. Caesar Garini. That was the name of it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was it. Um, I appreciate the assistance. Let's see here. Gage, uh, great addition to that. Uh, 20s. I do not shoot anything over 20. I own one 12-gauge shotgun, and it stays in the case uh, all the time, basically. Um, Everything can be killed with a 20, all the way up to greater Canada geese. They aren't Canadian, eh? Um, Yeah, all you Canada folks listening, you'll appreciate that one. They are not Canadian geese. They are Canada geese, right? Um. But even 20s. Now, we're going to do something really fun. We're headed in January out to with a good friend, actually a group of friends, to shoot some Canada geese. And I have Kent. We specifically shoot Kent ammunition on the regular. Um, and that is a, uh, we are on their, their I, I don't know. I don't think it's a pro staff. What are we sponsored by? Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Sponsored, by. sponsored um, by, but it's a, it's a definitely a quality product to be sponsored by. And I will be shooting their tungsten rounds. 
Now, those tungsten rounds are approximately $5 per. So it's like $5, $5, $5. Um, but we're going to see if there's a big difference between I have uh, comparable bismuth, I have comparable fast steel 2.0, and tungsten. And we're going to do a comparison. So it's everywhere from the $5 shell to I think the they're around a dollar fifty maybe for the fast deal. It might be less than that. I would have to double check again, but it's like the difference between a one dollar shell and a five dollar shell. And we're gonna do a test, all shooting again out of twenty gauge. All I carry. You don't need anything more than that, in my honest opinion. So I have to just jump back in here and say this is awesome. I was reading some of the comments before we even went live, and there were people asking questions, and then. Other fans answering them. You guys are awesome. Uh, somebody was asking about um, Danny was Kretzer was asking my seven month old GSP only wants to retrieve bumpers by the rope. How do I correct this? And Morgan McKinnis responded, try removing the rope. It's worked for me with my lab puppy. Yes, and that is exactly that what off. we would have said. Cut that so rope off. great job. That should really help you out there. I, I love that Nate Roberts said, I'm here for the puppies and the bourbon. I think we need a t-shirt that says that. I'm here for the puppies and the bourbon. That would be fantastic. What we really need, and I'm I'm good for anybody that wants to throw it in these comments here, is we're always looking for graphic designers, okay? So if you are and or know an artist, send them our way. And then we've got a whole bunch of people bopping in, saying hi from Southern Minnesota, from Blake Mathiason, and a bunch of other highs. Kelly Poirier from Greater New York City, Rachel Goble from Minnesota, Nell Leah from Minnesota as well. Chris Howard is from Kentucky. Okay. Lots of different places. Oh, we got a hi from Yoder, Kansas. What the heck? Hey, just down the road from us. Let's see. Who, who is that? Hi from Yoder, Kansas. Who tuned in here? Where'd it go? So while Ethan looks for that, Wade Suckow said, what are their names? Well, for the girls, we have Hocus, Pocus, and Haunt. And hi from Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. It's probably warmer there than it is here. And we have for the boys, Grim, Reaper, Baby Beast, and Spooky. If you can't tell, we kind of had a Halloween theme going on because these guys were born right around Halloween and they're going home actually right around Christmas. So that's really cool. Halloween to Christmas puppies. Uh, it's Dustin Bontrager. We, uh, we buy pigeons from y'all. Hey, cool. Appreciate you. Very much so. Edward Porter said, I was at a Novda event with a standing stone kennel puppy. That's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Where were you at? Which Novda chapter? Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Man, we got people bopping in from everywhere. And I'm just going to say again, for all of y'all that are on, that are still on Instagram, uh, I, I love it, but you need to jump over onto the tube, okay? So next thing, we've got a lot of questions rolling in here from... Um, we got a lot of questions rolling in here from the messages here. And then there was a really good one here on one of our more recent videos. Help me out here, Kat. Come up with something while I'm looking for this because okay. I had one really good. This one was really good. From Steve Hawkins. 
what can be done for separation anxiety for a nine-week-old puppy. Mm. So first of all, I want to stop you right there. I don't truly believe that a nine-week-old puppy can have developed separation anxiety yet. Puppies go home at eight weeks old. They are still in the process of learning a new home, learning a new environment, learning a new routine. And most likely, it's probably the first time that they've ever been expected to crate train as well as be away from their litter mates. So I don't think that you're running into separation anxiety at this point. You're probably just running into a puppy that isn't used to being away from its litter mates and needs to understand that crate time is okay time. And puppies can be noisy. Puppies can be vocal. And there's a lot of ticks tips and tricks out there that will help you get through some of those first days, some of those first nights, especially. And if you're still struggling and have more questions, definitely this is something that I would say we help a lot of people. How many of the people that are on Patreon right now would you say reach out to us about crate training issues, getting their puppies to settle down the first few nights? Uh, Percentage-wise? 80%, 80%. Most yeah. of the questions that we get At right now are, are puppy-based. Yeah, absolutely. The people are having trouble with biting. They're having pup- trouble with potty training, crate, crate training. training. I mean, those are the big ones that you struggle with. Most dogs are smart. Most dogs are intelligent. Young puppies have the ability to learn some basic obedience cues. And as long as they're not total herds um you know they they can focus long enough for session and and work through some things but it's the the tough stuff that people struggle with is biting um and crate training i would say are the number one and two spots and they flip-flop back and forth between which is one and which is two yep so if you need more help i would definitely reach out to us on patreon it's just patreon.com slash standing stone kennels and we can help you out with some more tips and tricks as well as get some more information about what truly is going on with you and your puppy the next thing that i can say with that specifically though in regards to the what were we talking about i'm lost patreon tips and tricks potty training crate training clicker training yeah yeah go on i'll come it'll come to me did you come up with whatever one that you thought you saw? See, as soon as I jumped out of here, it cut off the Instagram live. So we'll have to, we'll just uh, have to, I'm sorry. I'm pulling it up here. Yeah. I didn't okay. mean to do that. Um, this was a good one from Henry Neff. <laughs> How do I get good bourbon to stay in the glass longer? <laughs> Not possible. Um, but Henry Neff said, my wire hair pointing Griffon is going to have puppies in about four days. She, Ooh, fun. she is due the 20th through the 24th. The vet will be closed to the 26th. Can I dock the tails at home and how do I do this? So you can dock the tails at home if you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, definitely we recommend that happening between days three and five with a litter of puppies. We actually do have a couple YouTube videos out there showing the process that we go through to dock tails and do claws. Is Grim is Grim looking for a place? Yep. Grab him. Grab him. Grim, Grim, Grim. We're trying to hey. trying to prevent a puppy poop. Too much stuff. There's too many things. Run around, run around. Um but we actually band our puppies' tails with beading cord. Uh, usually one millimeter to one point five millimeter beading cord is what we use. I get it on Amazon, super easy to find that way. And then um 
find that video though, and you can follow along. Definitely, if you have more questions, reach out to us on Patreon. Uh, we'd be happy to help you walk through the process. Um, so docking tails really is not um, too difficult the way that we do it. I like this one, Ethan. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this from Sila Beeman. I just got a puppy about a week ago and she's doing great with training, but she doesn't like to be held or sit on my lap. What is your advice to help that? Ethan's like, I got that. He was cleaning up a puppy poop, so he'll be right back on in just a minute. All right. So with the question of the, mm, the, the puppy that does not like to sit or be held, um, what we typically like to do is a little drill called, I like to call, you will love me. I knew you were going to say that. You will love me. And uh, basically, we sit and watch a TV show or we watch a movie in the evening, something like that, whatever. And I basically just flip the puppy up on its back uh, with its head up so it can kind of almost sit up and see what's going on and then hold it there. Usually, if you keep, I'm going to grab a, a eh, I'm not going to be able to 100% demo this. Yeah, but you can. You hop in there. I'll hop, I'll hop in there and make somebody love me. Yep. And I'll, I'll commentate. But you basically hold the puppy with its head up, and it might wiggle, it might struggle, it might whine a little bit, but you just hold them there. Kind of like a little bit of a submissive hold. Oh, Ethan's going to totally get attacked. This is going to be great. Puppy. Well, this puppy's being attacked now by its litter mates, but you, typically you would just have one of them. And you would just hold them. Until they quit struggling, quit wiggling around, and relax a little bit. And then they fall asleep in your laps and just love you. Yep, you put your hand on their chest. They're pretty easy to manage at that point. <laughs> I think that the puppies are playing You Will Love Me with Ethan. <laughs> and then you just kind of hold their two feet together with your other hand like that. And a nine-week-old, 10-week-old, 12-week-old puppy's pretty manageable size-wise at this point. Yeah, they will fight. And you just help work through it. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be in there getting mauled by those puppies? <laughs> You're probably the only one right now. Everyone else is like, I would do that. So, awesome question. All righty. We've got a bunch of people bebopping in here on the gram again. And it says, hey, when do we get to see more videos of Covey and teaching an old dog series? Ah, funny one. Excellent. We've been shooting that, and what we're going to be putting together here is a two first two weeks compilation. So you get to see kind of some of the introductory stuff. You get to see kind of uh, how we're working through her. We're doing a quick little run through and make sure that we're seeing exactly what we need to with all the stuff that she's supposed to already know. And then we'll be doing some um, some fun stuff with a little bit of puppy things that are going to really help with some of the problems she has and then jump right into at the end of that first two weeks here, which is coming up pretty quick. Uh, we're going to get another one. I don't know. Oh. Then at the end of that first two week period, then we'll be moving into uh, as long as everything continues as as expected here. We'll be moving into how to solve the first problem, essentially, which is um, there are two main problems she has. One is creeping in on birds, and the other is retrieving. So we'll be showing problem number one being solved, which is going to be uh, working through some woe training to help on that creeping aspect of stuff. But I kind of want to build a little better foundation, utilizing birds to say woe, and then moving past that. So those will 
all the way up to that woe training uh, will be in that two-week update, which should go out within the next few days here because we are coming up on shooting the last parts of it here pretty soon. Holy cow, we got a Texas, Washington State, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, I got uh, Denise Steele. Oh. Love those puppies. Heck yeah. Thanks for tuning in, Denise. Jesse Hohenstein said, same cat, high quality H2O. I'm, I'm cheering you. Cheers, Jesse, right now with my high quality H2O. It's for good reason, right, girl? Living in Alaska, getting my hands on live birds is hard. Can I substitute with something else, or how should I train for birds without live birds? And I'm going to say, we've said this a lot of times, but realistically, there is no substitute for... Who we got? Wild man looking? For a second, I thought. Okay. It's so hard. They're like such fat little roly-poly puppies. Is it haunt? Nope. That's not haunt, but that one might need to poop, too. Just so you can see what you're missing here on Instagram, you need to go over to YouTube, folks. Hey, X723874 said, came over from IG. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming over to see the cute puppies. From Luis Garcia, how many puppies do your females have on their first litters? Well, that really, really depends. It, it just isn't a set number. Quest just had her first litter here, and there are seven puppies. I've had puppies of nine, or litters of nine, um, litters of six, litters of four. It really, oh, 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 haunt, haunt, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I am back. Ethan is on his way back in with a couple of puppies that we we're trying to get to poop outside. Um, and I got another puppy poop cleaned up. So thanks for bearing with us. But this is a perfect opportunity to draw attention to the fact that it is almost eight o'clock. These puppies ate at six. They went out to potty right after they ate. Then they went back out to potty at seven. Then they went back out to potty at 7.20, right before we brought them up here. Yeah. And we're having potty accidents right now, which is in about... 7.58. 7.58. I said it's just about 8 o'clock. Yeah. So in about 30 minutes, these guys were all going peeing and pooping. Puppies, guys. Puppies have puppy bladders. It's only been 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes since they were out last. And this is a normal expectation to have, that they're going to have accidents or they're going to need more frequent letouts, especially when they're running around, playing, and moving things through their systems. So... It's normal. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's eight o'clock now. Well, now. So um, I got a question here. What were we answering when we quick jumped up to collect uh, poopers? I was answering how many puppies do your females have on their first litters, and I said it really depends. You can have uh, yeah anywhere anywhere All right across the yep. board. So yep 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 yep. Whoop. Um, I did have a I did have a question here that I thought was a good one. It says, "What dog box do you use in the back of your truck?" Um, that's kind of a fun one. Because that's a brand new box. Um, I've gone through about a bajillion different options. We've tried lots of things. Uh, Crate combos, utilizing big crates, doubling dogs up. Um, We've used toppers, and I've gone through multiple different setups underneath the topper. And ultimately, what it came down to with the topper aspect, although it does work for some people, I was always afraid slash concerned about um, the potential of not having enough ventilation with the fumes aspect of things or um, 
the other side of it would just be too, being too hot, being yeah, too just cold. Not there's enough not good insulation. insulation. There's yeah. not good ventilation. There's not good anything, basically. Um, so then we moved to a five-hole box, and that five-hole box was made by Mountaintop Custom Kennels based out of uh, Virginia, maybe, something. Somewhere out on the east-ish, um, southeast-ish. But uh, the... Uh, oh, I'm going to say now I actually have a three-hole box, and the boxes are a little bit oversized, and it's actually made by Ainley, not Mountaintop. big part of the reason why I went with Ainley is because they're, A, they're another great company that makes uh, dog boxes, but the other side of it is they are eight hours closer, six, six hours, seven, eight hours closer, something. Somewhere between six and eight hours closer to us. Now, uh, Deerskin uh, is another company that would have been Close. The big difference for me between the two is pretty much everything that Deerskin makes is steel framing. Um, which gets really, really Which gets heavy. really, really heavy. And when we have to save a little bit of weight, maybe it's more durable, maybe it's better. Um, everything is still lined with stainless steel skinned, and that stuff's pretty legit. Um, but I would say for me utilizing a little bit less weight when we're talking about payloads in the back of my F-150 half-ton pickup truck, you've got to, you got to pay attention to that. And it's pushing the envelope on the weight aspect of things with that five-hole box, loaded down with dogs, loaded down with water, loaded down with everything else we got in there. So um, being able to utilize aluminum framing and being closer to me is kind of the direction I went with that. And then what we ended up doing was adding, uh, a two box, like a vault type system made by Ainley as well. That's attached directly to the three hole box. that sits on top. So when I'm bombing around here locally, we load up three dogs and roll. If I'm going to, on a trip, we throw dogs in the trailer, which actually is also a, it's a six hole Ainley trailer. Um, that's actually going to be available later this coming year in 2021. Cause I'm going to replace it with an eight hole, six holes, a little bit too small for us. So stay tuned for that. If it's something you're looking for, a little six-hole trailer, well taken care of. Um, but the six-hole trailer with the three dogs in the back, we got plenty of space um, all the way around for that. So that uh, that dog box basically has not the the dog box is three holes, has fans, has lights, um, it's insulated, and the under box has the length to put um, shotguns in. The drawers are super smooth, completely dustproof. Um, cause it's got a nice seal in there, locks, everything's keyed the same. It's an absolutely fantastic setup for what we're actually utilizing, but, uh, it's a great question. It's an absolutely fantastic question. We, uh, oh, ah, uh, here, here it is. I got a reminder substitute for live birds. There is oh, no Alaska. such That's thing. Right. I'm sorry. There's not now. All of that being said, I do want to say if you have access to enough wild birds, you can do without uh, training birds and do without being able to have access to birds that you can utilize in training. And the ticket with that is if I had access to tons and tons of wild birds all the time, I would do that. Oh, wait, I kind of do. And we have done that. Um, Splash being an example. Uh, thunder being an example. Basically, what we taught them was we did the we did what we recommend. We did in the our bare hunt, minimum. Yep, we did video. a bird and gun introduction, which requires getting access to a pigeon or two, which is pretty much what old Splishy Splashy had. Okay, 
Then we shot around her with a 22 pistol or uh 209, 209. primer pistol. Yep. yep. And then Kent has the field trial poppers, blank loads. We utilize those. And the combination of the 209 primers. Oh, we got a bunch of W's coming through there. Combination 209 primers and the poppers. She had zero hesitation, zero attention. And I was like, yeah, this little whippersnapper is ready for the real deal. And um, that's kind of just an experience-based thing. I wouldn't recommend you going, yeah, I popped a popper. Now let's take him to the field. It's a great recipe for disaster unless you've got the eye, which 10 years worth of watching dogs, I can go, yeah, this dog will be fine. Or letting us watch your dog on Patreon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there if you, you go. I mean, if you put your videos together, I'm going to say, hey, that dog looks great. Or I'm going to say, hey, you need to be careful with that because I see a lot of issues that could potentially come up. Now, um, the next side of that is uh, if you've got the wild bird access like we did, I took her to South Dakota with me. I took Thunder to South Dakota. He had just a half step above that. He had gone on one course with pigeons and launchers and had the opportunity to point birds. One course worth, which was three opportunities. Um, I don't think he pointed any of them. I don't think so. Thunder? Uh, I think I got like two points, and then and then his prey drive kicked in. Yeah, so not really anything. But then you put him out on wild birds, and he had the opportunity to learn, and he did that. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Wild birds teach everything. If you have access to that, in Alaska, you should be able to find ptarmigan. You should be able to find rough grouse, spruce grouse. Um, yeah, I think that's a majority of what you can find, but there's a fair number of them out there if you know where to look. So... Those would be good things. The other side of it you could do, um, I know Alaska is huge. Okay, I get that. Um, but there are, is, I'm going to go R, there is one Navda chapter in Alaska, I think. Yes, that's what I believe, one. I believe. So you could maybe check out Navda.org, look at their chapter list, find the contacts there in Alaska and see if somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who may be close to you that has access to a few birds. Thank you for helping keep us focused. Uh, the puppies adds a whole new level of uh, distraction in my own brain. Okay, so I did I miss something? What is the W thing? I don't have any idea, but this guy is all about a W. G-S-P-R-A-W. Okay, I don't know what that means. Maybe I missed it in a comment somewhere. I, but let's say, I'm going to say it, all right, Grizzly Demon. Glizzy you, Demon. Glizzy. Glizzy Demon. Um, you have you have made enough marks on the, the old chalkboard here to get mentioned. Thanks for joining us with all of your double, 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 double W's. Okay, I'm done. I don't understand why, <laughs> why he, you were doing that. He's asked a question, like, I don't know, a whole bunch of times. There are a lot of people that have a lot of questions, and we're trying to get to as many as we can. I'm sorry that we can't get to them all, and we'll try and get to yours as well, but we are trying to go in order because I was getting ready to answer a question, and we can only scroll back so far. Yes, this is true. And now it's gone, so I want to get... I don't remember who it was from, but somebody asked me where I got that really cool octopus puppy toy, and I will tell you that all of these puppy toys are from TJ Maxx, and TJ Maxx is a really awesome place to get puppy toys. They're really cheap. folks. And have really fun toys. I'm impressed with y'all's coordination. Thank you. Someone else had a good question that I wanted to hit on. How do you get your puppies uh, to stop and or not jump on the counter? 
How do you get them to not jump on the counter? Uh, the biggest thing that we do is prevent them from learning and or having the option, which place training is huge. Let me say huge, <laughs> huge. Um, if you don't give them the opportunity to do it, it's it's going to prevent A, from it becoming uh, a habit. It's going to be A, prevent it from becoming a problem, basically. So um, place training. All of our young dogs, right now we have Splash, we have Clutch, we have Thunder. When they come up, they go on dog hey. beds. They lay on dog beds. They, what do we got? Trouble over there playing on the fence? Yeah, I think so. Um, they they prevent them from learning those habits. They prevent them from having opportunities to learn those things. So um, place training, place training, place training, place training, place training, place training, place training. If you saw the most recent article that was in, um, I don't know, it was shared by Yukonuba Sporting Dog. You should check that out. I was quoted as saying, place training is one of the most powerful behaviors that you can teach your dog. That's me. Sounds like something I would say. Sounds like something you would say. Mm-hmm. So I want to just throw uh, Whoa, out- whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are we at? We're about 40 minutes in, so we're just over half. If there's anybody still listening, which I can tell right now there are quite a few people still listening, I want to say... Right now, everybody should take a moment to stop and thank a patron. And the reason that I say that... That's what I was just getting ready to do. Really? The reason I want to say that is because all of the money that comes to us via the Patreon platform goes directly back into creating more content for you guys. That includes buying equipment. Like the lights that we have set up yes. so that you can Here's see the little, puppies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to throw this around here. There's not very many people watching here. We could do this. But the mics, they're expensive. The computer to run all of this crap, it has to have a lot of power. So it's not cheap. This board here, that also part of this. The camera setup, which we have a second camera setup coming so that you can have Multiple things, camera angles. Yeah, things like this happening where you could see the puppies and then bloop, you could pop back over to us and see, you know, cat because nobody wants to look at me. And then you could see bloop back to the puppies. So um, the other side of it is it includes us being able to get everything that we need. Everything. Yes. So, and that's what I was literally just getting ready to say because finish line engravers said, First timers with a GSP puppy, we are on Patreon with y'all. Oh, that's fantastic. We get our girl this weekend. Love some advice. So thank you for being a patron. The most powerful tool that we have to offer you guys is not our knowledge, but our ability to read dogs. And the best way that we can do that, the the, uh, the ability to read dogs requires us to be able to actually visually see what's happening. And on Patreon, we're set up to be able to see your training videos come through and from there, review them, respond to them, and we're doing that on the daily. I mean, we're trying to stay on top of it even multiple times a day so that we're getting back to you so that you can keep moving forward with your training sessions. But and I mean, you, worst case scenario, yeah. it's on the daily. Yeah, and Denise Steele said, Ethan and Kat are awesome. Help on Patreon. Thank you for being a patron as well. And that's right, Ethan and Kat, because it used to be primarily just Ethan, and I would I would be the keyboard warrior on our emails and Facebook messages and Instagram. And we love having all of you guys on Patreon, and it's just become a two-person job now, which is awesome. So yes. we're, we're both bopping in and trying to help you out. Um, so thank you for all of you that join. 
And then we had a uh, quick question about Patreon specifically. Do you have to be so the five dollar Patreon, uh, Patreon, excuse me, the Patreon level five dollars. That's five dollars a month, and that gives you it's a, the equivalent of um, like uh, Bob, our buddy on Lone Duck. There, it's the equivalent of buying you a beer on podcast night. Okay, it's five bucks a month. There's um, it's helping support, and we appreciate that. Um, but if you are looking for the time there from us, it starts at $10 a month, and we answer questions for you. And if you think about that, I mean, I would say on the average person, we spend anywhere from, oh, 30 minutes to an hour a month in that tier answering questions back and forth with you. And if you think of that timing, you're getting a good hour of our time at 10 bucks an hour. It's pretty cheap. So, um the other side of it is you move up into the tiers all the way up to the top tier, which gives us the ability to actually Zoom call. Uh, a lot of people have found that's very beneficial because you get to see a uh, cat or I, and I sit here uh, with my morning coffee or, or my evening cocktail, and I, I help you train dogs live. And I say, hey, 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 whoa, 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 stop that. Don't do that anymore. Or, hey, that looks perfect right there. That's where you should end this session. So all of those things are very beneficial. So Glizzy Demon also said that he joined, or he, I'm, I'm assuming he, sorry, but that I joined the $25 Patreon. So awesome. Thank you for being a Patreon member as well. And I'm trying to find where your question is. You are asking. What does this say? W-A-D-A-G-F, Wadagoff, answer me. Okay, so Glizzy Demon said, would y'all ever hunt with foxhounds, and do you recommend it? Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Are we hunting foxes? I've never done this. I, I have not either. Or do you mean, would we ever hunt with foxhounds as upland bird dogs? If, uh, if we're hunting with foxhounds as upland bird dogs, I'm going to say I'm probably going to take the... Bred to do their job, dogs. Yeah, which... I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a bird dog with me. But if we're hunting foxes, I definitely want the opportunity to hunt with a foxhound. And if you have a spot lined up where there's enough foxes to hunt with foxhounds, color me in because I want to be there and I want to see this. I'm all about working dogs. Hey, don't be chewing on that dog bed. They're extremely durable. Thank you, Coranda. But uh, stop chewing. Hey, hey. Stop chewing on those. All right. We got their attention. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Baby about. Baby Beast is like, it wasn't me. He looks so cute and Yeah. He, I mean, you can't even hardly pick him out. I mean, he's a smidge smaller, but you can't even hardly pick him, him out. Him and he was Haunt tiny. are within a half a pound of each other now. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. and then we've got our big giants around here, Spooky and Reaper, Ooh, that yeah. are over 10 pounds each because they are just chunky chunks. Says, hello from Hawaii. Hey, Jared. Hi. What we got here? All right, Yawa. What do you do for your puppy when traveling out of state or hunting if you take them with you? That is awesome. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you there's a couple things that you are supposed to do. Excuse me, supposed to do. Um, you are supposed to get a health certificate to travel across any state lines, especially if you're staying someplace to hunt. So, be stopping in at the vet. Get your health certificate. Now, I will tell you, in 10 years of traveling with dogs, I have never one time been asked for that health certificate 
but it's important to be able to have it, be able to show it because it is a requirement in order to be able to travel across the lines. Okay. Now, the next thing is one, we bring food with us. That's going to keep dog guts normal because they're eating the exact same food. And that's what I recommend always. Don't be switching dog foods up on the regular. I mean, we eat something different every day, but um, it's, it's dogs do not. So stick with the dog food. The number two is going to be bring water with you. Now, this sounds silly because people think that's ah, water, right? Well, there's a lot of things that change depending on where you're getting water and what you're doing with water. So um, bring water from home with you. And if you run out, do not fill up at the sink. Do not fill up at the tap. Well water, city water, all of those things are different and for different. And to prevent yourself from having issues, you know what I'm talking about, um, you want to move to something that's like filtered water. Go buy a gallon of water or a five-gallon jug. I usually buy one gallon, you know, filtered water from Casey's, the gas station, uh, or something like that. Whatever you got local. Buy a gallon of water. Filtered water is going to be a lot easier in their gut. And the last thing that we typically are going to do really? is, what are we doing? Are we pulling on people? Dogs? He's, he's attacking the bed. Just full on attacking the bed. All right. There we go. Get him redirect directed. their focus. Good job. Um, and then uh, probiotics. Probiotics are fantastic. We use ProViable. Um, it's recommended by our veterinarian. You may have seen him on our channel on occasion, but uh, ProViable is a, is a really good option for that. Bring that along. Everybody's going to appreciate it, especially you and your doggy. So, Again, these messages have been popping off faster than I can get to them. Uh, I can't remember who it was from, but they said, hey, if you put the puppies playing to Christmas music, I would play it all month long of December. Huh. We may have to do that for next December. The entire month have puppy playing to Christmas music videos come out. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we... We still got we got puppies here. Well, let's we try. Got, it. We got like a week till Christmas. Let's try. It. Let's see if we can. We can. We'll try, folks. We'll try. It. We'll see if we can get uh, um, some little Santa hats that we can attach to their heads. Oh, Ethan, you realize they're not going to stay on. They're going to just immediately attack maybe, them and pull them maybe off. Maybe we can just talk. Red Eleven Media does all of our media work, guys. Um, editing the videos together for us, doing all all of the fun stuff. Uh, Maybe we could get them to just like CGI some hats on there. Put them on in post. Santa hats. On yeah, puppies. with the puppies that don't stop moving. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that they'd love that. Just paint those in, right? Right. Okay, next question. Frame by frame. And I had to pin this one so it wouldn't disappear because these keep popping off. I don't know why they get disappeared so quickly. But know, from but. Will Howcroft, why do you dock tails? Um, that's a really good question and probably one that... Uh, on our YouTube videos of showing the process of docking video. Glug, glug, glug. Thanks for the interruption, babe. That was just a joke. I'm done. Okay. Yep. Videos where we're showing the process of docking tails and removing dew claws. We probably get a lot of negative feedback because there's a lot of people out there that say that it's unnecessary or it's inhumane. Um, and... A lot of places from the UK don't allow it anymore, but they don't allow it unless you have a working, working dog. dog. And our dogs are very much working dogs. They are hunting. They um, get really excited tails. And if those working dogs that are also part of our family living in the house 
and have very happy tails, they will beat the heck out of their tail um, to the point where it will hit every sharp corner surface and split open because they're also short-coated dogs. And then you have blood everywhere. And it's not just about the blood everywhere. It's also about the fact that that causes trauma to their tail that then can become infected. And it's really hard for it to heal. So then it gets reopened again and again and again with constant repeated trauma that can eventually lead to a tail of an adult dog having to be amputated. And believe you me, amputating an adult's tail is going to be a heck of a lot harder on that dog, as well as require anesthesia. And anytime a dog goes under anesthesia, there is a risk that they will not wake up. And that's a lot harder on a adult dog than a three-day-old puppy having their tail banded. They squeak once and pretty much forget about it. So that is why we dock tails. Okay. Do you have another one, babe? Oh, yeah. I'm sure we can find something here. I got to, that'll be uh, fantastic. I'm traveling to South Dakota soon. Excellent. Where in South Dakota? That's what I want to know. Is it too late to get on the 2023 GSP list? Uh, no, it's not. And a hey, Lone Duck just tuned in here. We were just talking about you. The next thing here I've got is, is it unusual for my 14-week-old GSP to have mini tantrums? Okay. I want to know what you mean by mini tantrums because I'm going to say right now, these are not children or toddlers and they don't have tantrums. Their brains operate differently, okay? Um, so please bebop it down below for me. What are you specifically referring to as a tantrum? <laughs> Nichols Nichols said, when do you separate mom from pups? So moms typically start helping the weaning process themselves between four and five weeks old. They start staying with the puppies less frequently, hopping out of the whelping box and not giving access to nursing constantly. Typically between five and six weeks, um, they are very limited on how much time they're spending with the puppies and puppy mush is in full force. Uh, we start puppy mush with our puppies at three weeks and then um, that Consistency of the puppy mush as well as the frequency of allowing them to have puppy mush um, changes as the weaning process goes on. But for us, by six weeks, mom is done nursing puppies and puppies are on a combination of mush and hard kibble by that point that continues to transition. Um, these guys, like I said, are just seven weeks old. And they are actually all on hard kibble now, which we're still soaking and it's wet. Um, it's not mushy, but it's covered in water. And then uh, between about seven and a half, eight weeks and they go home, it'll just transition to hard kibble without water on it. And then they still have access to water uh, whenever they want, pretty much, except for overnight. Okay, so we got a um, little freakouts, yipping, crying, growling for a few minutes and then snaps out of it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm just throwing this one out here. This is gonna be definitely a situation that's better for Patreon because I need to see what's going on, what's going on. So this is gonna be an absolutely fantastic situation. Jump over to their Patreon, set it up, send us a uh, direct message or a uh, private message on there, explain your situation, and then record a video. Take the time, shoot the video, upload it to YouTube, share the link. 
we'll watch the video and we'll get back to you specifically on what's happening, why it's happening, and what we need to do to be able to work through it. Okay, this question is from Hart. Please answer my question. Sorry for begging, but my dog is too hyper and I don't want to yell at him and I did everything. So I think that you're somebody that's been commenting a lot and trying to get us to answer your question, which if you had had original had an original question, I'm sorry we missed it, but it popped off. Uh, like I said, we can only see back so far on the comments and questions. But again, we need a lot more information. We need to see what's going on. And that would be something that we would recommend joining Patreon for so that we can have a conversation with you, find out exactly what's going on, because we want to help you. We don't want you to lose patience with your puppy, um, but we need a lot more information to be able to give any amount of guidance. All right, here's one that was asked and then answered actually on YouTube by other YouTubers. Um, but it's a good one to touch on again because it gets asked fairly regularly. It's Aaron Irons here on Instagram, actually. It says, um, struggling with a puppy actually grabbing one end or the other or the rope on a bumper as opposed to picking it up in the middle. Is there any way to fix this at a young age? Is that the Aaron Irons on Patreon? Um, is it the Aaron Irons on Patreon? I don't know exactly. The answer to the question would be, first of all, I would cut. If you got a dog that's struggling with chewing on the strings, cut the string off. Benito. Goodbye. And then, um, yes, on Patreon. Thanks for being a patron, buddy. Um, cut the string off. The next thing is then um, they make some different types of bumpers that you can utilize that are easier to grab in the middle. <sighs> like a wooden buck, basically. If you use a dowel somewhere, you can make one of these yourself if you're handy at all. If you're not, I think they sell them on maybe lioncountrysupply.com. I don't know. Pretty soon they're going to sell them on standingstonesupply.com, okay? I'm going to make them myself in the, in, the, in the garage. That's how simple they are. You take a dowel, drill a hole in a two-by-four, Push the dowel in there with a little bit of glue. You make it wide enough for a dog. Oh, tip, tip. Make it wide enough for a dog's head. They can reach in there. It's easier for them to grab the dowel than it is for them to grab the two-by-four block. So that's it. That's all there is to it. It's pretty simple. Um, but that would be a good tool if you can get them. But that's that typically is utilized more from a... Oh like formal retrieving work standpoint than an actual um, play fetch with toy. You cut it off, and now it's grabbing on the other ends. Okay. Hmm. Send me a video. I want to see what's going on specifically. That's the easiest thing to do here. Especially since you're a Patreon member. Heck yeah. Just uh, bebop the video over there, and we'll take a look at it and help you out. So from Jason's story... 10-week-old golden retriever puppy is starting to chew on furniture and my pants when walking around. Mm. How do I kill this habit now before it gets worse? So, first of all, it's great that you're recognizing that anything your puppy's doing consistently, they're conditioning themselves to, and it's better to nip those bad habits in the bud first as fast as you can so that it doesn't uh, become a conditioned habit. Now, 
your puppy is probably just being a puppy because that's what they do, chew on things. And a 10-week-old puppy is definitely uh, in that stage. If you look at these puppies who are seven weeks old, they're chewing on their dog beds right now. Uh, chewing on dog beds, chewing toys. on the fence, chewing on toys. Yep, that is a chewing on each other. One hundred percent normal puppy behavior. Uh, it's a matter of redirecting their focus and working through some situations where you've got a ten-week-old puppy. You should definitely be able to have started clicker training, where you can start asking behaviors like sit or recall or learning them them learning to go on a dog bed on cue, and then. When your puppy starts getting, you know, playful with your pant legs, you can help to redirect their focus to do something else that they already know how to do that isn't a bad behavior. I like it. All right, guys, we are rolling up here right at the end of an hour. Where are we at exactly? Yeah, just over an hour. <laughs> I do want to say um, that's probably all the time that we're going to have for this evening. Um, unless, Kat, you got one specific other question that you want to answer tonight. No, it's just there's so many. There's so many. Yes, and if you didn't get your question answered, this is the last time we're going to talk about it this evening. Uh, jump over to Patreon, sign up. It's not expensive. It's uh, easy to do, and what we can do there is help you on the daily work through specific things that you have questions about, issues about. I hope you guys enjoyed watching the puppies this evening. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're definitely enjoying their time up. It's uh, it's a big part of the program that we have here. They get opportunities to socialize in different environments. And, you know, it's a big thing. This is, uh, this is a pretty small change from going downstairs to upstairs, but it's a big deal for them. And it's important to be able to make those changes for them. Uh, we really appreciate everybody watching. We really appreciate everybody who's listening. And um, at this point in time, guys... I'm the guy with the pink gun. And I'm Kat the dog trainer. And we will see you in the next video.